USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Money Wise, the show that's brought to you every Sunday morning by the Money Guys. We always have some interesting guests from our office here, and today is no exception. We have, well, with, there's three of us here right now that are going to be talking today, and two of us are the smartest people that I really know. One is attorney Tenny Lance, and one is attorney Michael Coleman. So good morning to Tenny and to Mike. Good morning. Good morning. And today we're going to be talking about something that is a really good in-depth conversation about trusts. We're going to talk just briefly about the differences between wills and trusts. And if you haven't done your own estate plan, ladies and gentlemen, you really want to listen to the show because we're going to talk about trusts that you never knew existed probably. But trusts have been around for a very long time, Tenny, haven't they? Probably about 500 years, 600 years. So, I don't know the exact time, but a long while. They were started in uh, England, really. We right. derive most of our law in this country from English common law. Right. And trust really began around the time of William the Conqueror and uh, have a 500-year history. William the Conqueror? William the Conqueror. Wasn't that 1066? I think it was 1066. <laughs> Holy cow, it's been a long time. It's a long time. Well, you're the English history major, so you know a lot more about English history than I do. You're right. See, now that was really good of you. I knew of William the Conqueror, but I, I had forgotten that it was 1066. Was that the Battle of Hastings? No. No. Okay, never mind. Tell me about English history sometime. Right. Well, you know, every time I think about you and I think about our marriage, Tenny, I think about Groucho Marx because Groucho Marx once said, marriage is a wonderful institution. But who wants to live in an institution? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that our marriage felt like <laughs> hundreds of years. <laughs> you mean back to 1066? No, we won't go there. No, um, we, we've been uh, married for a long time, but we won't go there. We won't tell people how old we are, how long we've been married. And Michael, have you had the pleasure of being in an institution I've called never marriage? Been married. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you lucky devil. <laughs> well, the good thing is that you know about things like prenuptial agreements and all those other important aspects of getting married. Well, anyway, we're not here to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about wills versus trusts. So what's the primary difference between wills and trusts? Why would somebody want to do a will, first of all? Because you want to direct where your property is going to go, correct? Well, yes. If you don't have a will and you die with assets in your name, then the state is going to have a plan for where those assets go, and you will not have any choice in that. So I've read, for example, that one out of four Americans over the age of 75 don't even have a will. I thought the 25%. statistic was probably higher. Well, 55% of Americans in general die without any kind of a will or trust or estate planning at all. And that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that people can make when it comes to how they live and how they die and how they plan for retirement. Because the, the simple solution or the simple answer is if you don't have any kind of a will or trust or anything, then the state of Massachusetts is going to make a plan for you. 92% of all adults under the age of 35, think about this, think about how many couples under 35 perhaps have children. 92% of them don't have any kind of an estate plan at all. I guess there's just a lot of optimism out there. Well, that's, that's a sad statistic for sure. Well, today we want to focus and talk about all the many different kinds of trusts that there are. And they all have different kinds of purposes. It's a lot more complicated, I think, than people think. But that's what your expertise is, uh, Mike and mm -hmm. Tenny, the uh, helping people prepare properly in their estate plan because they're, 
They're trying to protect their family and they're trying to protect their their spouse. They're trying to protect their children. And do you ever see people who have no idea who they want to leave their property to, Mike? Sometimes if people don't have children or, you know, it, it can happen where they don't have anyone that they want to leave property to. Um, but it's still important to do a will because if you don't put that in there, who you want it to go to, then anyone can come along and and make a claim to the property. And you might have distant relatives, for example. It could be cousins that you've never seen, and they find out that you have uh, passed away, and they do a little investigating. And guess what? Maybe they're the only relative who comes out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a disaster. They're called laughing heirs. Yeah, I like that. I know, because it means they laugh all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's a good business. Maybe you need to research everybody's obituary and then do research and find out if they had family members. And if they didn't, then put a claim in. No, that's not a good plan. No. All right. And it's also not just beneficiaries. It's also who's going to be in charge of handling everything for the estate. So who's going to want to be the one to pay all the bills uh, that are due until someone's appointed by the probate court who will want to go to the bank and handle all the affairs. If you don't have anyone appointed in a will, no one's going to necessarily step up to do all that because it's not easy. And who is that person called who handles your will or your your estate? Used, used to be called the executor. Now it's a personal representative. I wonder why they made that name change. Was that just to make it more gender neutral? or? Uh, well, I think it better... Um indicates what the purpose of the the title is mm-hmm. that person represents the estate of executor was kind of this nebulous turn so you had the executor before and you also had the executrix right what was the difference between what was with an executrix i always thought that was a funny name well that's the female version of executor oh okay so why don't they call it a personal representatrix no, they don't do that. It's a, that's, see, that's a gender-neutral term, isn't it? Exactly. That's, okay. That's right. All right, so basically, quickly, what does a will do versus what does a trust do? Just Well, one of the important things that a will could do, and one of the things that I'm dealing with right now in, a, in an estate, is it can say that the personal representative has the power to sell real estate. If you don't have that in a will, the the executor, whoever that is, may have to go to the probate court and get a license to sell. Oh, okay. And right now, depending on which probate court you go to, that can be a long process. Um, So some of the bigger probate courts are backed up a little bit. So if you have to get a license to sell from the probate court, that could delay a closing. And that becomes a public record process too, because I guess you'd have to advertise that in a newspaper or something, wouldn't you? You have to advertise the probate. Yeah. All right. So if you do a will, it's important to have in there that you've got the right to sell property. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you have to go back into court and get permission to sell property. Correct. Without a will, you always have to get a license to sell. Hmm. Um, but with a will, you can have a clause in the will that says, I give my personal representative the power to sell real estate. So. But in any event, one of the major disadvantages of having a will versus a trust is that a will becomes a public document. It gets filed in the mm-hmm. probate court. Um, I, I happen to know, Tenny, that you have a copy of the will of uh, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. We do. Yes, the the difference between trust and a will that people don't seem to understand or what they don't understand about wills alone is that there is no purpose for a will other than to file it with the probate court. It isn't some document that you take into your lawyer's office and suddenly walk out with all of the assets properly distributed. It doesn't have a function except to go to the probate court. So a will is your ticket to probate court is what you're saying, basically. Right. We've always called it that. Okay. And with a trust, you don't have to go to probate court? That's correct. And it doesn't doesn't not become a public document. It's a private document. Correct. And 
You don't have the kind of time delays you do if you um, have to go to court because you, know, you don't have to go to court. You don't have all those time delays. You can handle things much more quickly. And if you become incapacitated and you have a trust, the trust can handle your affairs too, I guess. So lots of good reasons. Um, you know, uh, I just recently rediscovered Groucho Marx. So I have a few things to say about Groucho Marx. He once said, I intend to live forever or die trying. <laughs> he met the second criteria. <laughs> yes. Well, so Mike and I were talking before the show and we were looking at some of the other quotes. There's a couple that we cannot use. I put a big X through them because they're a little slightly off color. If you want to know the off color Groucho Marx jokes, ladies and gentlemen, you have to give me a call at... 508-998-8858, and I'd be happy to share some of them with you. I just can't do it over the air, unfortunately. That's right. And, that's, uh, that's good. But Groucho Marx also said, man does not control his own fate. The women in his life do that for him. <laughs> what do you think of that, Tenny? I, I don't know how, what I think about that. Okay. <laughs> so we've talked about the differences between uh, wills and trusts. Now... Are there a lot of different kinds of trusts? Yes. All right. So I know. I mean, that, that's an interesting comment because people come in here and they say, I want to trust. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what I want, but I want to trust. So there's a living trust. There's a revocable trust. There's an irrevocable trust. There's a Medicaid trust. There's an insurance trust. There's a pet trust. Maybe there's a special needs trust. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to try to explain some of the differences. There's a testamentary trust, a Q-tip trust, a spendthrift trust, constructive trust, a generation skipping trust. Wow, a blind trust. I want to talk about that one. Asset protection trust, a bypass trust, a credit shelter trust. I bet you never knew there was so many trusts. There's only a few that you really need to think about. When we come back after a very short break, we're going to talk about some of the main types of trust and why you want to think about doing them. So stay tuned. We'll be right back and talk about Groucho Marx. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to MoneyWise with the Money Guys. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about all the different kinds of trust, but, you know, we can't talk about all of them today because there's simply too many. But for most people, there's really only a couple of simple trusts to do. One is called a revocable living trust. And, Mike, why is it called a revocable living trust? Why living trust? Well, that kind of a trust can be revoked or amended anytime you want. And it's be it's called a living trust because it's set up during the life of the trustor, as opposed to a testamentary trust that is made when someone passes away in a will. Okay, so a testamentary trust doesn't come into existence unless somebody dies first, and then it's contained within their will. Basically, yeah. So that means you have to go through probate mm -hmm. in order to start that testamentary trust. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a revocable living trust or revocable living trust is better because you do it while you're alive. Mm-hmm. And can you amend it? You can amend it. You can revoke it in its entirety. You can do anything you want with that kind of a trust. Um, as long as you do the proper legal right, steps. Right. So you have to do it with legal formality. Right. You have to sign it, witness it, maybe have it notarized, notarized have your signature right. notarized, things like that. And normally when a, a, a couple does a trust, so a married joint trust, when the first spouse passes away, there are certain parts of the trust that can no longer be changed. Okay. So if you do a, like a joint husband or wife trust and one dies, then the trust can no longer be amended. Right. Okay. And that's basically because they set up the trust together 
All the t- decisions and the trust that they've made are joint decisions. Okay. So, And I assume that whoever the surviving spouse was could maybe do a new trust if they chose to. But they, but they just couldn't amend the revocable living trust. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's an important thing to know. You know, Groucho Marx also once said, all people are born alike except Republicans and Democrats. That's for sure. That's for sure today, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, he also said, um, before I speak, I have something important to say. (laughs) Well, so much for Groucho Marx. Um, He had fairly simple things to say. Let's come back to uh, if you don't have a plan at all, if you haven't done anything, then courts make the decision about who gets your property, don't they? I think it's especially bad if you have children. If you have young children, new children, and you haven't done anything, one of the things you could do in your documents is name guardians for your children, for example. Something happens to you. Right. And that's one of the hardest things that people have to decide on is who would take care of your kids if something happens to you. So it's, you know, it, it is something really important to put in documents, and it's something that you do need to think about. If you don't have someone named, anyone could potentially go to the court and request to be the guardian or conservator. Yeah, what if you're involved in a second marriage and you now have um, children from a first marriage? Things can get really pretty sticky, uh, can't they? So I know a gentleman who, um, he might even be listening today. Um, He's been uh, in the office, I know, a couple of times, but he has five or six kids and with several different women and he doesn't have a proper estate plan to protect himself. He needs to get it done. Mm, he definitely. needs to decide where his property is going to go. So we've talked about a living trust and a revocable living trust. And sometimes you use the same terminology for that. Um, you can change it, amend it, revoke it while you're alive. If you name somebody as your beneficiary and you don't like how they've been treating you, or maybe they've disappeared from your life, you can change the trust. Right, and often what we end up doing after people do a couple of amendments is to restate the whole trust because it gets kind of complicated to apply each amendment paragraph to um, (laughs) what is the latest. Or as they say in Canada, you can't compare the paragraphs side by each. (laughs) Right, I always like that phrase. I like that phrase, too. (laughs) So um, if somebody wants to reach attorney Mike Coleman or reach attorney Tenny Lance and learn more about this, maybe make an appointment. I know you don't charge anything for your initial consultation when you're talking about doing estate planning. You can reach them, ladies and gentlemen, at 508-998-8800. That's a nice, easy number to remember, isn't it? There are lots of different kinds of trust, but... Why would somebody do an irrevocable trust? Let's talk about some examples of a trust that once you sign it and do it, you cannot amend it later. It's called an irrevocable trust. And there are even several different kinds of irrevocable trusts. But the one that I get involved with often is the irrevocable income only trust that we use to help people Um, protect assets for their family if they might be facing a nursing home situation and might need Medicaid in the future. All right, so that's a really good one, the irrevocable income-only trust. But if you do that trust, um, number one, you put assets into it after you created it. And I guess you cannot be the trustee of your own irrevocable trust. Somebody else is the trustee? Well, for that particular kind of trust, yes, you are not the trustee. And the benefit of that is uh, to become eligible at some point for Medicaid. The, the Medicaid rule generally is that whatever asset you can put your hand on, they want you to use to pay for your care. So if you were the trustee of your trust, you'd be able to use the assets in it to pay for nursing homes. And if you don't want to lose that asset, think about our irrevocable trust. Okay. But you could name, for example, a child. One of your children could be named as the trustee of your irrevocable trust. That's what most people do. They trust their children 
and they want their assets to pass to their children. So they would name a child or a couple of children even as trustees of that trust. Okay. So, Mike, I'm going to create a mystery here. Do you think I should use this quotation? No. Okay, I'm going to (laughs) put that one aside, too. That's another one that's slightly off color. See, I had to ask a gentleman's opinion on that one. How about... This is from Groucho Marx. There's one way to find out if a man is honest. Ask him. Hmm. If he says yes, you know he's a crook. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so much for that. But this irrevocable income-only trust that you've mentioned, it's it's a very good vehicle, as I understand it, for doing asset protection in case somebody has to go to a nursing home. So you mentioned Medicaid. And the reason for Medicaid eligibility is because that's a source of paying for the cost of a nursing home using government money in case somebody has to be in a nursing home. Yes, it's it's actually my belief that it isn't government money. It's money that you and I, all of us, have paid into a system and should be available to take care of us if we need it in a nursing facility. Okay. That's not how the program is interpreted right now. So that's, but, a, that's a good, I like that. I hadn't heard that kind of a definition. That's a, that's a good way to think about the Medicaid program. You've helped pay into the whole system. So now maybe the system can help pay for the care of you or your parent, for example. But it only works if you do planning ahead of time. If you create one of these irrevocable income-only trusts, And then you have to have assets in it, and they have to be there for a while, don't they? I was going to say the most important thing to keep in mind is the five-year and one-day rule, which is that you have to protect your assets five years and one day before you might need Medicaid. Problem is, how do you know when you might need Medicaid? So the, the bottom line is plan ahead plan early. So in other words, as I've heard you mention sometimes, if you plan far enough in advance, you can protect almost anything from the cost of a nursing home. So that might include your house. You might put your house into this irrevocable trust Mm -hmm. too, Mike? Yep. You can do a deed to deed the property into the house. Okay. But you just need to think about it ahead of time. You can't wait and say, gosh, I've now got this diagnosis or my my parent is starting to have memory issues and what do I need to do to protect it? you got to think ahead of time for some of these things. That's critically important. And again, give them a call at 508-998-8800 and they can help you do that. So uh, Groucho Marx once said in this era of talking about politics, politics doesn't make strange bedfellows. Marriage does. I guess we can zing people who are married and zing politicians at the same time, can't we? Oh, (laughs) it's a difficult time all around. Yep. And um, this this is a borderline one, Mike, but I think we can use this from Groucho Marx. Whoever named it necking was a poor judge of anatomy. A woman what? (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it once again. Whoever named it necking, whoever named it necking, was a poor judge of anatomy. I've never understood that term anyway. I don't, I don't no. know what that means. <laughs> well, it's, never mind. We won't go any further. <laughs> well, is this is this a good one to use, Mike? Is this a or is this a borderline one? Is it's, that one uh, okay? <laughs> poor Michael say, is being asked Mike, to make my judge judgments on the really? side of caution. Err <laughs> on the side of caution. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know: so far, we've got three jokes that you can call me to hear from Groucho Marx <laughs> that are borderline for the radio. That Mike and I, as more conservative and realistic people, say, "Don't do that." Okay. I will, I will listen to the voice of caution here. So we've talked about living trust. We've talked about irrevocable trust. We've talked about Medicaid trust, trust designed to protect assets from the nursing home. How about life insurance? Have you ever done a life insurance, an irrevocable life insurance trust? Well, you and I both have them. And the purpose of it is to make certain that the life insurance proceed Um, does not become part of your estate uh, upon your death. It's a way of protecting 
all the proceeds from life insurance, from any kind of a state uh, tax or any other kind of issue like that. It's a very simple thing to do, and we don't do many of them, unfortunately. So the bottom line really simply is if you have a a fairly good-sized amount of assets and one of your assets happens to be a life insurance policy, and I would say generally anything from $200,000 or greater for a life insurance policy, certainly if you have a half a million or a million-dollar life insurance policy, a good example is our son Peter. Uh, He has a term policy for a million dollars on his life. He doesn't own it. His wife doesn't own it. It's owned in an irrevocable life insurance trust where I'm the trustee. So if anything happens to him, the money is not part of his estate. It's also protected from creditors, and it doesn't create tax issues. Life insurance proceeds are never taxable. I'm going to touch on that a little bit further when we come back after a uh, short break. But Groucho Mark said, I'm going to pass this along to you, ladies and gentlemen. Next time I see you, remind me not to talk to you. We'll be right back. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're celebrating all things dealing with trusts, and we're featuring some special information from Groucho Marx, because I think he had some pretty wise things to say. Groucho Marx once said, for example, those are my principles, and if you don't like them, well, I have others. When was Groucho Marx alive? A long time ago, before you were born, probably, Mike. 1950s, 1960s. He always had a cigar as his prop. He always had a cigar in his hand and sometimes in his mouth, and that was his prop that he always used. He was um, a wild-looking guy with big black eyebrows. Big, bushy eyebrows and a big, bushy mustache. So that was his shtick, as they say. Hmm. He also said, behind every successful man is a woman. Behind her is his wife. Reminds me of Rodney Dangerfield. It does remind you of Rodney Dangerfield a little bit, doesn't it? Reminds me of the program we've been watching about William Randolph Hearst. I never knew he had a uh, mistress for many, 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 many years. He had a lifetime mistress, and I guess he was in his 40s or something, And uh, his mistress was 19 when he first met her. 18, I think. 18 when he first met her. Wow. So think about that. But anyway, let's come back to trust. Uh, We've talked about life insurance trust. I want to just mention quickly on life insurance trust, you don't need to own your life insurance policy in your own name. All it does is increase the value of your estate so that if you die, it increases the possibility that you may have to include the value of that in your estate for estate tax purposes. And what's the exemption in Massachusetts from Massachusetts estate tax? It's only $1 million per person. And without a trust, you really cannot preserve the two $1 million exemptions. So, Attorney uh, Mike Coleman, if you have a husband and wife and you do a joint revocable living trust, you can shelter two? Two million. Two yeah. million? Yeah. Okay. And so what if you had $2 million worth of regular assets, but you also had a, a million-dollar life insurance policy in one of the parties? That now kicks them over the $2 million exemption amount, and they're going to have to pay estate taxes in Massachusetts. Right, yeah. But on the other hand, if they took that life insurance policy and put that instead into an irrevocable life insurance trust, they've kicked it out of their estate. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, for federal tax purposes, there's a uh, three-year waiting period before that's effectively out of your estate. If it's a new, if it's a currently existing policy. Correct. Okay. So, if you're thinking about taking out a brand new policy, and that may kick you over the Massachusetts exemption amount, so that you might end up having to pay estate taxes, 
maybe what you do is right from the beginning is you don't own that policy in your own individual name. You have it put into an irrevocable life insurance trust instead. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned earlier, one last tax point I want to mention, um, life insurance proceeds themselves when they get paid to the beneficiary do not constitute taxable income to the beneficiary. So you don't have to pay any income taxes if you receive life insurance uh, proceeds. Um, how about a pet trust? Have you ever done pet trust, Mike? I have, yep. We did one for a client who lived out on the Cape. He had two cats, and he wanted to make sure they were taken care of, so he left a certain amount of money into the pet trust and then a certain amount of money for uh, food and taking care of the cats. Mm-hmm. And he named someone as a caretaker, so that Cookie and Honey Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are the names? Yeah. Oh, I like those. Went to the caretakers. I had forgotten those names. How did you remember that? Cookie and a honey bunch. You dealt yeah. with it for too long, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, those are funny names. Um, so did you ever hear of a dog named Trouble? No. No? Well, you're about to. So there was a lady in New York named Leona Helmsley, and she and her husband owned lots of hotels in New York. I'm not sure if they had kids, but she left something unusually large. I think it was like $10 million for a special trust to take care of her dog Trouble, Mm -hmm. which is an appropriate name. And the family beneficiary members sued later and said, that's too much money to leave to a dog. So a court ruling reduced the amount. I forget the amount. It was like either $2 million or $4 million got left for Trouble. Mm -hmm. But you can create a Pet trust. Right. You know, what happens What happens if you live alone and you've got an animal and so, something happens to you? You need to think about making arrangements for who's going to take care of the dog or the cats right. once you're gone. It is really important because it, it, otherwise the dog or cat could end up in a shelter or who knows where. Uh, you want to make sure that it goes to someone who will take care of it and that they have enough money and you know time to take care of the pet. Okay. And money for vets yeah. also, if, if necessary. Mm-hmm. So I know that in any kind of a trust that you draw, you've got three main positions in the trust. You've got a grantor or a trustor, you've got a trustee, and you've got a beneficiary. So the grantor is simply who, Tenny? The grantor or the trustor is ordinarily the person who sets up the trust. They create it, they sign it, and yeah, so forth. They, they sign the legal paperwork to create this thing called the trust. And I usually tell people that trusts in my mind are very similar to corporations and that once set up, they sort of have their own existence. Okay. And then a beneficiary is pretty clear. That's the person who's going to receive the money. Do they have to get it outright, Mike, if somebody's named a beneficiary? Do they have to get it all at once? Nope. There are all different kinds of ways to leave money to beneficiaries. You can leave it all at once if you want, or you could say that they only get their share at certain ages or if they you know, do certain things. Um, so normally it could be 25, 30, 35. If a beneficiary is too young, they don't want them to get the money all right away. You can say that they only get a certain portion at those ages. So you could do it at certain time intervals. You could say uh, one-third at the time of my death and one-third five years later and one-third five years after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you could. Um, or it could and, be older. You know? mm-hmm. And we had an interesting client once who thought that her son was not particularly responsible. So she left the money in trust for him. And he would, uh, I've forgotten the exact circumstance, but he would have to come, was it to us or to some trustee to get his annual dole of funds from this <laughs> trust, even when he was like 68, 69 <laughs> years old. Yep, you can, um, you can control money from the grave, I guess, if you want to. You mm-hmm. can make all kinds of arrangements. So here's one. Um, who can be the trustee of the trust? Which type of trust? Any trust. Who can you name as a trustee? Virtually any uh, person above a minor. So I guess if it's a revocable trust, you can name yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. If it's an irrevocable trust, you need to name somebody else. Can you name? D- depends on the trust. Okay. With a charitable remainder trust, 
can name yourself as the trustee. Okay, that's that's a good one. We'll come back to that one in a minute. But um, I guess you could name a bank as a trust trustee. Trust we almost never recommend that because the bank fees for administering a trust are pretty high. They're also probably more anonymous. They may not know the family, for example. They're not terribly sympathetic, right? Mm -hmm. It's a business. Right. right. And um, can you name more than one person as a trustee? Could mm -hmm. you name co-trustees, Mike, yeah, if you want? You can name co-trustees, and you can have it so that they have to do everything together or that they can act independently. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to you know, update things over time in a will or a trust to make sure that, you know, the people that you've named are still alive and able to do that. So mm -hmm. that's something that we say to do. Well, you want to remember the people that you've named. So you need to think about that. Groucho Marx, by the way, once said, I never forget a face, but in your case, I'll be glad to make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I think I know some people like that. <laughs> He has some sort of insulting quotations, didn't he? But they're kind of fun. Um, well, um, there was something else I was going to ask you about participants in the trust. Uh, hopefully, we'll come back to my feeble brain. Groucho Marx once said, my favorite poem is the one that starts 30 days half September, because it actually tells you something. I always have to say that to remember how many days are in all the months. Uh, I do, too. See, you learned that as a kid, didn't you? Yeah. And so we all did. Uh, all the rest have 31. 30 days, half September, September, April, June, and November. November. All, all the rest, rest have 31, except for February. February. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. So, Brianna, did you ever learn that? Oh, she did learn it too, see? There's hope for the younger generation. But don't ask if I remember it. But don't ask if she remembers it. Okay. We should, we should do that in the office. Um, all right. So I want to tell a story about my friend um, who's deceased, and um, she got divorced. I've told this story before, but I love this story. It's a true story. Uh, she and her husband had parrots together. They had three parrots when they got divorced. Uh, she got custody of the parrots, but it was written into the divorce decree that in the event of either of, in the event of her death the parrots had to go back to the husband because parrots live about 80 years and it, uh, she wanted it to have written in here to her estate plan um, in the event of my death and the parrots are still living i leave the parrots to my ex-husband you know the interesting thing as i think of it is where are those parrots because she is deceased I don't think her husband has them. I don't know. Um, I, I thought you were going to say that she taught the parrots to say something. Well, she did, but it wasn't bad. No, oh. she, she <laughs> taught them lots of things to say. I don't know what happened to the parrots, but, you know, we, there's hope because birds of a feather flock together. We'll be right back oh after goodness. a short break. <laughs> Call 508 998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is MoneyWise Radio. MoneyWise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of MoneyWise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back to our last segment talking about different kinds of trust. I bet you never knew how many different types of trust there were. So here's a real important one uh, for attorney Tenny Lance and attorney Mike Coleman. And it's always great to have you here. You are a not only a storehouse, you are a warehouse of knowledge. Anybody ever tell you that before? Thankfully, no. Okay. How about a special needs trust? That's an important one, isn't it? Right, and there are several different kinds of special needs trusts depending upon the circumstance. In general, special needs trusts are created to protect public benefits for those folks who are in need of public assistance, Medicaid, whatever. Disabled children. Right. 
Um, so special needs trusts are very special creatures of the law. And they can be included within your regular revocable living trust. You could have a whole section called special needs provisions, right? Mm -hmm. Mike, I think you do that anyway, don't you? We have, we have language that can be put into a normal trust. I think it's probably safer to do a separate trust for this kind of a thing, but there are ways to do it within a living trust. Okay. And I guess there's some other reasons that you might want to do a special needs trust. If you had a, a child who was going to be possibly inheriting some money, um, and maybe they were receiving government assistance, if they inherited the money, there might be some danger that the, they could be losing their, their government benefits, possibly. Right, but if the child is going to receive that benefit directly, then the child's there has to be a trust set up for the child, and there is recovery from that particular kind of trust. It's it's very complicated. Mm -hmm. um, some alternative sometimes is something called a pooled trust, um, and we are able to talk to people about any of those if. They, they have the need or the interest. Okay. So a special needs trust can be important for lots of reasons, and it sort of ties in in some ways with the idea of um, maybe having spendthrift trust language in a trust. If you have a child who has a tendency to get rid of their money or you don't like the money choices they're making, you can uh, dole the money out over a period of time. We talked about yeah. that a little bit earlier too, Mike. That's the same thing we were talking about earlier where you can only have beneficiaries receive money at certain ages. Mm -hmm. And that might be because you're afraid that they're going to spend it all. And if they receive it all at once, if they're too young, they'll go out and you know, spend everything on a new car or whatever it may be. So a trust can be very useful. You can control some trust while you're living. Like we were talking a few minutes ago uh, briefly about the charitable trust or charitable remainder trust. Um, that's done for all kinds of reasons. That's not done just because you want to leave some money to charity, although it can be used for that purpose. But a charitable remainder trust is done while you're alive. You can be the trustee of that trust. And we've done a number of those over the years. It's often done for tax reasons. If somebody has property that if they sell it, they're going to have to pay a large capital gains tax. does not apply to your primary residence, your principal residence. It applies to property that you hold for investment. It can be real estate, can be stocks or bonds or mutual funds or any other kinds of investment assets. And let's say you've held that for a while and now you want to sell it and you know that when you do, you're going to get stuck paying a lot of taxes. So one solution might be a charitable remainder trust. You create the trust. You can be the trustee of it. You can name successor trustees if you can no longer serve and you Transfer the title to the asset, let's let's call it a piece of real estate, investment real estate, into the trust. Not only is that not a taxable transaction when you put that into the CRT, Charitable Remainder Trust, but you get a charitable tax deduction for the value of that asset that you can use against your other ordinary income taxes mm -hmm. on your tax return. So you get a tax deduction, and then typically you're going to be selling that asset but you're going to sell it from inside of the CRT, the Charitable Remainder Trust. When it gets sold, again, there's no tax consequences at that point in time. And then you take that money and you invest it in something. It could be stocks, bonds, mutual funds. It could also be uh, in an annuity. We do a lot of work with annuity uh, as an investment in that case. And now you have to take money out. And you can take it out over a 20-year period or a longer time period. And when you take the money out, you'll pay some taxes at that time. But you're going to have uh, the distribution you, you get is going to have the same tax character as what you put in. If you would have sold the asset and gotten capital gains tax, you're going to get capital gains treatment when you take money back out again. Mm -hmm. But you're going to stretch it out over a much longer period of time. It's going to save you and your family a lot of taxes over that next period of time. You can also do it for multiple generations. Uh, so it's a little bit complicated, but we've done a lot of them. At the end of the time period, there has to be some possibility that at least 10% of what you put in may end up going to a charity. Hmm. 
And as you go along, if you want to change the charities, you can change the charities. Mm -hmm. So it's primarily a tax vehicle, but it does good and gives you some strong income tax benefits. And almost no one knows about this. Many people have properties that are income properties, rental properties, mm -hmm. and they get tired of maintaining them and running the, the tenant uh, situations and all that. And they think, oh, I'm going to get really creamed with capital gains if I sell them. And so you can use this vehicle very effectively, not only to save on capital gains, but to create a source of income over time for yourself. Right. You must you must pull out at least 5% a year, but the money that comes from selling that asset inside the CRT, um, you're going to earn more money on that. So you're going to get back all your money plus some. You're going to take an income distribution. It can be a good retirement planning vehicle. I did it in uh, New Bedford for one gentleman who had a, a garage property. He had a series of rental garages. He was going to sell it, and he was going to have to pay $80,000 in capital gains tax. We saved that tax for him. Mm -hmm. And instead of getting the money as a lump sum, he gets it over a period of time. But, you know, you save a lot of taxes. And you have income. I think that's important, yep, too, because you have income. if you sell rental property, you're going to lose income. And with this mechanism, you get it back again, essentially. Mm -hmm. Tenny, I know you like to read a lot of books. You read an enormous number of books. So I have a quotation from Groucho Marx that you would appreciate. It says, from the moment I picked your book up until I laid it down, I was convulsed with laughter. Someday I intend reading it. <laughs> it's like the book you're reading now. <laughs> it's it's late, and we're both in bed reading, tired, and Ray just breaks up in laughter over this book that he's reading, and then he wants to read it to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Groucho Marx also said, outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. <laughs> So for book lovers and dog lovers, that's a quotation for you both. <laughs> well, we talked about a lot of different kinds of trust today. We talked about revocable trust, irrevocable trust. Uh, you can do a generation skipping trust. You can do a multi-generation uh, trust where you want assets to be held not only for the benefit of who comes after you, your children, but maybe you want something to be held also for grandchildren. So you can describe that in a multi-generational trust. Mm -hmm. So there are many, many different kinds of trust. Um, there, are, there are pieces of a trust inside a trust document sometimes that have to do with taxes, like a bypass trust, a credit shelter trust. We won't go into those today because they're not separate standalone documents typically. And um, a blind trust is one where if you're a politician – and you want to take office, but you've got assets that um, you don't want to continue to control because it might be a conflict of interest with what you do or you know, a government job perhaps, you can put your property into a blind trust which has separate trustees and they're going to make all the decisions and you don't maintain control during that period of time. Hmm. So that's something else. If anybody's in that situation, come to see us. We'll be happy to help you. Most importantly, we do want to remember that you've got some real good experts here who know a lot about trusts, mostly what they do at the Lance Law, Inc., um, attorney Mike Coleman, attorney Tenny Lance, is help people protect their families. And that means making sure things can be protected from creditors, making sure you don't pay more tax money than you have to pay. Making sure all the correct legal documents are in place. And uh, give them a call at 508-998-8800. They'd be happy to help you. I don't think there's anything more important than protecting your family. Uh, you certainly want to do that as far as their person is concerned. You want to make sure they have you know, food, clothing, shelter. You want to make sure they're safe in what they do. But you want to make sure that if something happens to you, that they're taken care of properly. And these are the kinds of things that are done here. So we always appreciate your listening. None of us can be an expert on everything. I hired a carpenter recently to do some work at my house. I said, I haven't any idea what you're doing, but I'm glad that you know what you're doing. The same thing is true here. 
None of us can be an expert. Let the professionals at USA Wealth Group help you. Let the professionals at Lance Law Inc. help you. Most importantly, let our professional family protect your family. Until next Sunday, have a safe week. You've been listening to Money Wise with the money guys, Ray Lance and Pete Lance, powered by USA Wealth Group, Inc. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. Money Wise is also online. Go to usawealthgroup.com. Our firm provides insurance services. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group, Inc. This show is a paid placement. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio 